The world has been turned upside down this year, in so many ways. As well as the numerous political and weather events, the main headline has been the COVID-19 virus outbreak and the impact that it's had on both our personal and work lives. I've been working at home since April this year. I've made it into the office three times since then, and I'm not alone. There are lots and lots of businesses, big and small, who've had to work out how to continue without an office. Some businesses can't. Police, plumbers, undertakers, circus performers come to mind. But there are lots of folks out there that can sit at a desk, use a computer and a phone, and go to meetings that don't need an office. And a good number of them are now working from home. But what risks does that introduce? Tearing someone away from a familiar environment can disorient and lower awareness, opening up new possibilities for fraud, theft and disruption due to cyber incidents. And the crooks know that. This is a very new world we're in, and we're only just starting to come to terms with what can go wrong. So how do we stop it? Hi there, I'm David G, and this is the My Cyber Program podcast. Our show today is about working from home. With so many of us now disconnected from our colleagues and familiar work environments, how do we ensure we're doing the right things to prevent cybersecurity threats from hurting our businesses when we're no longer there? It's reasonable that most people would have taken the relative safety and security of an office environment for granted. However, security folks have long understood the protection that walls, boom gates and security passes provide. Even small offices have areas that are restricted and don't allow public access. That's because keeping people away from anything we're trying to protect is a good start. Physical security is our first problem to address. Instead of being surrounded by co-workers whom we trust, we're now surrounded by our family, friends, guests, tradespeople, and even pets who like to sleep on the laptop because it's warm. It means that our computers are now accessible to a wide range of people who may not share our company's philosophy on privacy and security of information. That means more than ever, it's now up to every employee to keep information secure, a message that must be included in training for your staff. They now have responsibility for physically protecting their computer from their own family and anyone else who enters their home. And there are some simple ways to do it. The first is to make sure that whatever computer your people are using, it has a password. There has to be something stopping randoms from simply turning it on and getting to business information. Keep in mind that your family know you better than anyone. Birthdays as passwords don't cut it. I covered passwords in a previous episode, so have a listen if you want some tips. However, having a password isn't enough. When your staff get up from their desks in their makeshift home offices, they should lock their computer so that they have to type in their password again when they return. I'll be honest, people hate doing this. But it's really necessary. Passwords are no good once you've already logged in. The good news is that there are two easy ways to lock a computer. The first is a screensaver. Set the computer to turn on the screensaver and lock the computer after five minutes of inactivity. This guarantees the computer doesn't stay unlocked for hours accidentally. The second way on a Windows computer is to hold down the Windows key, usually at the bottom left of the keyboard, and press L. This instantly locks the computer and ensures nobody can snoop. This will also stop your cat from sending emails 
or buying your eBay watch list. Another thing to consider is who can see the screen. A computer in an open area up against a wall is visible to anyone. It's too easy for someone to walk up behind and look over your shoulder, called shoulder surfing. Instead, it's best to position the computer so that nobody can stand behind you undetected. Perhaps move the desk so it faces into the room, which is actually much nicer than staring at a wall anyway, and keeps the screen hidden. Lastly, consider what having your staff isolated might mean in terms of fraud and other illegal activity. Co-workers are often the best way to detect fraud, so having people isolated at home could mean that they could commit illegal activities either on their own or under duress without detection. This isn't really a cyber threat, but perhaps being able to monitor activity within the bounds of the law might help detect such activities early. That isolation is also something cybercriminals understand. Since the COVID outbreak began, more and more criminals have been moving online. With traditional work patterns disrupted and greater uncertainty, criminals see an opportunity to become part of conversations that are usually out of reach. Scams directing people to purchase gift cards or fraudulent invoices and phishing attacks preying on people who aren't used to working from home are increasing. Again, technology won't save you from these. Your staff need to be aware of what to look for and what to do if they see something suspicious. In most cases, not responding to the most things will make the problem go away. However, when an employee does report something, consider using it as an example for the rest. Seeing real examples reinforces the message in a very real way. Lastly, I wanted to talk about how people work from home. In some businesses, the computer systems everyone uses will always be at work because they aren't accessible from the internet. This means that staff need a secure way to connect to them. The most popular way is called a virtual private network, or VPN. VPN software creates a secure tunnel over the internet to your company network, letting you work as if you're sitting in your office. VPN software is very effective, and if you buy your employees laptops instead of desktop computers, the experience is very seamless. Instead of working at their usual desk, they simply work in exactly the same way from somewhere else. Easy. Cloud services are the other option. Google G Suite, Microsoft Office 365, and many other services allow us to access our office email and files from anywhere. Using cloud services makes your staff very mobile indeed, including on mobile phones and tablets such as iPads. But there are still risks with both VPNs and cloud services. I've also previously talked about multi-factor authentication, or MFA. If you can log into systems over the internet, so could someone else if they stole your password. For every service that connects to the internet, consider using MFA. It's the simplest way to stop stolen passwords being used to get access. Working from home has snuck up on many businesses. Some were equipped and many were not. If you haven't already started training your staff and reviewing how your computers and IT systems are going to be best protected for remote working, you will never get a better opportunity. Putting the effort in now will save you a lot of money down the track if it prevents a serious incident, as well as opening up new possibilities for work-life balance and flexibility into the future. Now is definitely the time.
I'm David G, and you've been listening to the My Cyber Program podcast. You can subscribe to us on all the major podcasting apps, as well as Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. It's up to you, whatever works for your busy routine. But please do subscribe. Join me for our next episode when we'll discuss e-crime groups. Who are they and what motivates them? All opinions are my own and independent. We don't accept paid advertising or sponsorship. My Cyber Program is published by Noisy Owl Media in Sydney, Australia. Bye for now.